0: We need leaders who can have a go at creating a, the new paradigm, even when the dominant paradigm is still there. And I think catalysts catalysts are sorts of leaders who will, are willing to have a go. They've just got that, uh, willing to take a bit more risk. They're willing to find a kind of sandbox where they can try some new things, create the new, even though they're the oldest and in existence.
1: I'm Shannon Lucas. And I'm Tracy Lovejoy. And we're the co-CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change. This is our podcast, Move Move Fast, fast, Break Shit, Burnout,
2: where we highlight catalysts that are creating amazing change in the world. And I'm so excited to have time today with Dr. Jane Craig. She and I met a couple of years ago at Peter Sengen Otto Sharma's Executive Champions Workshop. Jane has broad functional and leadership experience at senior levels in the FMCG sector, the fast-moving consumer goods sector. As Global Leadership Development Director at Mars Incorporated, she pioneered new leadership development approaches to create more transformational business leaders, which is why we're so excited to talk to her. Leaders possessing greater capacity to handle complexity combined with the creativity and commitment to continually reinvent business models. Yes, all in service of the idea that business might become a more equal partner in delivering a sustainable future for our communities and planet. She left Mars and set up other kinds to support organizations wanting to become truly purpose-centric, explore more mutual ways of doing business and grow the leaders and cultures necessary to drive such transformation. Thanks for being here with us today, Jane. Thank you, it's an absolute pleasure. So we'd love to start off by hearing how you relate to the concept of Catalyst. Uh, sure. I mean, I was, um, I was just thinking about this
0: recently when I, uh, when I read your book and um, looked at some of the things that you talked about and just what, what really echoed for me was that I think, and I see this in myself, is, is that being a catalyst... I've, I've always been someone who's restless with the status quo. And so I've always... Um, there's a kind of a dissatisfaction with things. I think I, I've always been a person who really... Uh, wants to make things better. I have a deep held belief that people and organizations can be better than they are. And it's not, it's not, it's not critical. It's not a critical voice. It's just that it's, just it's more aspirational. It's, it's about always wanting something to, something to always be in the space of possibility actually. Uh, and what I've also noticed is that, and I've noticed in other people like me, is the ability to see things that other people can't see. Now that sometimes gets you in trouble because you, you you voice that and you talk about things that you're seeing that others aren't seeing, and you can get all sorts of different responses to that. So I think that's, that's the, the second thing. And then the final thing for me that resonates is really about this idea that we're committed to some, a higher purpose, something that's bigger than us. And, and that when, when your work and what, what you do in the world becomes something that's not about you anymore. It's hugely liberating uh, to do I that. Guess. Yeah, it's completely liberating. So, so I think, I remember when I, that shift really happened to me that I just felt relief that it wasn't about me anymore. It, and that the only question I had was, what, do, what might I need to do? And how might I need to grow as a human being in order that I might be able to contribute to this other thing? Uh, so, you know, I'm hoping the fellow catalysts feel the same way, but that's certainly been my experience.
2: You described it beautifully and I really love the aspirational thing. It's like it can feel critical to others for sure. But from our perspective, you're like, I see the best in you. I see the best potential. I see the best outcomes in this organization. So thank you for sharing. And it. it's probably a great segue in talking and uh, turning to talk about what you're working on. What change are you creating in the world today?
0: Well. You know when I when I first left Mars Incorporated I was you know my my attention had, had always been on on leadership and really how do we if we want to create more purposeful businesses in the world and if we want to reduce some of the negative externalities that we know we are creating in business and I don't think anyone would argue with that what is it and what kind of gets in the way of leaders embracing some of these new ideas uh why, you know why don't why don't we all jump on this and have a go clearly it's not as easy as that and so i did a lot of work around in the leadership space and i trying to understand what prevented either prevented leaders from from taking on the these ideas or what um what might help them to step into that space but actually when i left i realized that i had equal passion for kind of getting getting into the thick of how do we actually change the businesses themselves as well as the leaders. So other kind, what we do is we help organizations to discover that being purpose-led is achievable, desirable, profitable, and simply good business. So the idea that is that what we're trying to create is purposeful and purpose-led businesses that are better businesses than our businesses today. Businesses that are creating more value and certainly more sustainable value And businesses that are much more aware of where they may be risking the depletion of value, which is something that's invisible to us at the moment. So the most obvious example might be the climate. We can see very clearly that we've been been depleting natural capital for years, for decades, and we're now trying to address that. But there are other forms of capital that are being depleted by business. Social capital, so trust, has been hugely depleted the relationship between businesses and society um, has been damaged over decades by our actions. But also human capital, post-pandemic, we're noticing the depletion of of our well-being, our energy stores, uh, as well as our our capabilities, because we've been working so hard. So these are examples where we can, these are obvious examples where we've been depleting value. So now we're, we're looking at If starting with purpose, how do you use your purpose as an organization, some sort of meaningful challenge to actually drive your strategy? And then how do you measure across all forms of value, not just financial, so that you can start to get a clearer picture around how how your business model is working, where you are making conscious investments in different forms of capital that drives the flow of financial capital, right down to how you even account for your business and how you use your PL to make better decisions, better investment choices, better calls around where you are going to invest in social and human capital, where you're going to minimize your impact on natural capital, so that over the long term, you actually have a much better business.
2: That's what we're trying to do. That, that small, small goal, Jane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have so many questions, but I want to pivot into like, what challenges are you coming up? Like that's, that is incredibly aspirational. And you think that people would be like, yes, lean into that. What challenges are you encountering? Well, the first
0: one and the biggest one, a really big, ugly challenge, which I'm sure lots of catalysts face is, uh, (laughs) we're trying to sell people something that they don't know they need. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, we haven't been doing it for the last fifty years, so we don't have loads and loads of case studies where we go, oh, "Look, look at all the look at it going on over there. Clearly, you can. There's no risk to this strategy at all. Just have a go." So, it's what we do know is that we do know people need know we need to do something, right? And 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 again, post pandemic, there's even greater awareness that we need to change. We also know that people in business are desperately seeking and searching for more meaning in what they do. So we know those things, Uh, but whether they think that what we're bringing is the answer and whether whether they've got the kind of risk tolerance to have a go at something, to try the new paradigm within the old paradigm, Mm -hmm. that's a challenge. And I think that's where catalysts are needed because you know that, that famous saying, which is that businesses don't fail because they're incompetent. They fail because they're too competent at the old paradigm. Yeah. So actually what we need is we need leaders who can have a go at creating a, the new paradigm, even when the dominant paradigm is still there. And I think catalysts are Catalyst sorts of leaders who will, are willing to have a go. They've just got that, uh, willing to take a bit more risk they're willing to find a kind of sandbox where they can try some new things, create the new, even though the, the old is still in existence.
2: Yeah, and I have to say, it's super interesting because we've created, as you know, this executive community of Catalyst leaders, the Catalyst Leadership Trust. And it was interesting because one of the questions that they asked us earlier this year was, you know, how do we reimagine strategy? Like one of the people and, and they got moved to re- report to the chief strategy officer and they basically started going back to like the one, three, five year plan the way that they had always done. And so Tracy did a fantastic research project on that and the answer ended up being it's not reimagining strategy because strategy is strategy but it's about the purpose and some of the other you know mechanisms that Tracy brought into the research but the really overlying overarching takeaway was it has to be purpose-led strategy because that's also the thing that then activates one of the other challenges I'm, I'm curious actually if you if you encounter in the work you do is just change fatigue it's not just that we're exhausted we're tired from change and so there's an even added thing in organizations of like it can't just be another change for change sake. So how do you keep the top talent and keep even the leadership focused, keep their eye on the prize? Well, that purpose and meaning that you're talking about is from the research that we did anyway, one of the ways that you do that.
0: Well, I do, I do wonder whether we are, we're, we're changing the deck chairs on the ship, but, um, but, but I'm not sure we're transforming much. Uh, so so I, I, really, I think people are get tired because they're working really hard and changing things around. I just don't think the overall form of what they... they it's like the constant restructuring. Yeah. Constant restructuring doesn't, doesn't change anything at... Um, it doesn't really change how we behave. It doesn't change how we're interacting with each other. That's when you get into complex change, that's where, that's the difficult bit. It doesn't affect culture. It just changes who's reporting into who. It, maybe it cuts, you know, it saves money uh, but, but whether it actually change, changes fundamental um, behaviour, and that's what we're getting down to. How do we how do we change how we are with each other and how we interact with each other and how our businesses interact with society? Yes, far harder to do. So I understand the exhaustion. And therefore, if we're not at the place now where we go, well, now we really have to do something different because frankly, what we've been doing for the last 30 years is change for change. So it's, it's not even change for change's sake. It's just... It's it's not a significant change, unfortunately. It's just
2: it's just it's just effort and action, but it's yeah. kind of misdirected action, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I, there's there's sort of two parts to my next question because one uh, one thing I wanted to understand from you is what I heard and how you were setting up the work that you're doing is you can't separate the humans like you're just talking about from the, the reinvention or the transformation. So I'm wondering how you do that. And I'd also love for you to answer the question of, okay, how what is the transformation that you see that needs to happen? And what are some of your key learnings as you've been striving to, to bring that to life? Yeah.
0: Um... I think it goes back to what you're saying about purpose-led strategy. I think, I think there are some, there are kind of some sacred cows that we kind of have to let go of uh, in business. So it starts there. There's some significant mindset and assumption shifts we need to make. So, so the assumption that the role of a corporation is primarily to drive shareholder value will be one of them, right? So we have to change the role of the corporation, which people aren't working on already. We have to, um, take ourselves out of the center of the ecosystem and put purpose in the middle, right? So it we, we starts with saying, what's something meaningful that we wanna have a go at together? That's why people come together in teams and organizations to do something together. But what, what's meaningful in today's context? So it's not just anything, it's not necessarily, I don't wanna say anything against widget makers, but it's not, it's actually saying what, what creates meaning for us and therefore that we, we're gonna find the energy and commitment to come around it. That's what we've called the purpose or the meaningful challenge that we want to bring to the world. And it should be something that's solving the problems of people and planet. Yes.
1: Then,
0: then, then when you put that purpose in the middle of the ecosystem, when you then go to research for your, for your strategy, you're not just doing a kind of two dimensional value chain analysis, you're doing a three dimensional ecosystem analysis. Yes. You're starting to look at and understand pain points across all stakeholders.
2: Yes system,
0: right? If that makes sense, yeah. So so that that's a totally different way of doing strategy because then you're starting to innovate into a whole ecosystem. You're starting to partner because you can't do it on your own. You're having to collaborate with unusual partners that might be government and nonprofit sector uh, and and other agents. It might even be the competition in order to solve the problem because it's the it's the meaningful challenge that is the priority. And you trust that if you're addressing that, you're going to build a great business and profit then follows. It's not that profit isn't important, it's just secondary to the the impact you're actually trying to have in the world.
2: And I think there's a there's a final point there is that the the vision anyway is that there's actually more sustainable profit in the long term, right? Because we're taking into account all the resources. I'm gonna have to wrap there and hand it over to Tracy for the um, for the for the rapid fire round. But I do want to say it's so interesting because the next big research project that the CLT is tackling is ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So like on the back of this purpose led strategy, you know, um, sort of findings, that's the next place that the community has asked us to look. So we look forward to continuing. The conversation with you there, and Tracy, over
1: to you for rapid fire. Thank you for like my mind is exploding, Jane. So thank you. I wish I could ask a thousand more questions about that. In rapid fire, our first one in two minutes or less. What are the actionable nuggets of advice that you have for catalysts out there? Maybe what do you wish you could tell your twenty-year-old self?
0: uh Yeah, um, I mean there's, so, there's such a long list of this, but I think I think the first would be uh, that. You know we get I know I've always been obsessed with trying to make a difference in the world and uh, one of my my insights is around letting go of that idea. Uh, if you actually let go of that idea you actually might actually make a difference and and, and to, to to be to be at peace with the idea that uh, you may not make a difference uh, but that you might even if you, if all that you do in your effort is to grow yourself as a human being, that that's enough. I mean, I think I think um, that Carl Jung would agree with me when he he talked about the importance of just human human growth and that being the greatest gift um, in the world. So I think there's a there's a there's a, a focus on growing yourself, and then you'll be ready for whatever challenge that invites you to, to
1: go at. This is an incredibly peaking idea that is going to go counter to every catalyst that is hearing what we're talking about how does one let go of the desire to make a difference or have impact
0: well maybe it comes sometimes with uh having spent years maybe it's the wisdom of having spent years trying to make a difference and maybe not always making a difference so it comes from some humility when you start to appreciate that some of these challenges you're taking on aren't quite as uh, i mean they're massive and the idea is it's somewhat arrogant to think that, you know, that I can change the world, for example. It's very eye-focused. So, so I think it's it's that journey to kind of mature our egos and to say, you know, and to be, to be just as I said, at rest with the idea that I might be part of something, but the thing I'm part of is an us thing. Yeah. And that, that I just want to play my small part in that. And, and, and a bit like connecting with something that's great, that's bigger than you, that, that's the freedom that comes with that, which my only responsibility is to grow myself and to, do, and to remove any barriers I put in the way of myself that get me in the way, get in the way of me contributing to the thing I, I think I'm here to contribute to. So that's my work is to remove that. So an example I didn't say earlier with you, Shannon, around one of the biggest challenges, one of my biggest personal challenges has been making myself visible. So I wanna do something really pioneering, but I would hide. <laughs> It took me ages to do my website, for example, and then it's like, well, if no one if no one can find me online, they're not going to ask me to come and help them do some work. So, what is that? What's going on? Why am I Why am I trying to hide myself? That's so okay. I'm going to have to do some work on what's getting in the way for me. Uh, what What were the reasons for that? What's the personal work I need to do to make so I can put myself out in the world and and you know make my you know my services available that is that sort of thing that I think really matters. And I think catalysts inherently have a, a desire to grow. So I think they've got that already. So it's a bit more of a, just a giving them confidence, to say yes, you're on the right track, keep doing that.
1: It's, it's incredibly powerful, the lesson, right? This notion that self-awareness in your learning journey has to be parallel, if not the primary journey for catalysts as we move forward. And to hear from someone like you so accomplished both things that one it's it's been about growth and i didn't always have the change that i wanted even though on paper it's so easy right dr jane craig is this amazing transformational leader and that you struggled with being visible being public right that's powerful advice yeah and the native american indians have this
0: expression called the twin trail so if, it, if you think about the twin trail of the inner and the outer journey, so the outer journey being the purpose work, what it is you want to bring to the world, but the inner journey being the work you have to do in yourself. And it's a bit like DNA. I mean, you, the twin trail, they have, you have to go on those paths together. You can't wait to achieve one before you start the other. You have to walk the two paths together. So
1: that- I'm, that. In, I'm in love with that idea of two paths yeah. for the catalyst. I feel like I wanna go tell everybody that I know about those two paths, so thank you. What advice might you have for senior leaders or executives in finding and leveraging their catalysts?
0: I, I, well, I don't know if this is politically correct, um, but I would really encourage them to be looking for, um, I call them weirdos and misfits. You know, you, you, you want to look for people who are, the people who are saying something slightly different to what you would they're kind of—they're not going against the flow, but they're doing enough to kind of divert the flow of the conversation. And you should be interested in interested in that diversity and surrounding themselves with diversity and having the courage to surround themselves with people that will have will bring different perspectives. And it's in that space that they'll find more catalysts. And the other the other thing things I was going to say around around those sorts of um le- what leaders can do is, is is what you're doing actually is, is you've got to you've got to provide support for catalysts, where well, that can be peer support, but you've got to help them find each other within their organization so they can support each other. And I remember in my time in Mars, I, I got most of my support externally. You know, I'd ring up my consultant friends and I would talk to them about some of my thinking, because I, I needed to talk to someone who could tell me that I wasn't going mad and that what I was saying had some, had some value and foundation because often I got, because I got exhausted of the strange looks I got internally. When I explained something, said something, explained something, people would look at me and they'd frown and go, oh, yeah, yeah, Jane. And then they'd kind of move on and I'd be like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure they received that. I'm not sure that they met. Did they understand? Did they think I'm crazy? Am I talking rubbish? That was, that was, that was the issue. So, so networks and connections and support is really important because otherwise what happens is they leave the very people you want to generate change in your organization they go off they go become consultants they go to other organizations so I think that's that's super important and the last thing I'd say to any leader around finding and leveraging catalysts is that is to say you need to do the work on yourself as a leader you need to disrupt yourself you need to walk in different bubbles you need to be doing that work all the time uh, because then you might be better able to better able to relate to some of these people who are who can bring you so much so much value and how they can lead change.
1: Wisdom just continues to come forward it's again things I want to go and tell everybody I know so thank you. Continuing getting real because you've been getting very real with us this whole time what's what's the worst part about being a catalyst? It's very easy it's isolation
0: it's really it's really hard to um and it's not it's different to loneliness um it's it's just because I think you because you, you have a, a huge sense of purpose for what you're trying to do, but you you don't always you get isolated by people who can't relate to you, so you may be able to relate to them and their struggles, but they can't relate to you and what you're trying to do, and that is really isolating, hence the network being so important, but that's you and and I don't think that is entirely curable so it's kind of the price you pay which is that there are going to be some circles you walk in where people are not going to get you and you do it anyway
1: that hits me hard (laughs) bringing it up what's the best part about being a catalyst
0: um it is not boring is it (laughs) no it is not it's not boring I mean but oh I, I would hate to have a dull life so so I'm um, within that I mean seriously within that it, it's really about doing something that's meaningful to you it's about growing a human being it means that I hope when I'm 80 I'm still full of joy in fact I have more joy in my life than when I was 20 it's about living my life at, at its fullest so that I yeah I mean I, I, I don't want to be at that age, and be bitter and miserable and resentful, or or, or bored, or anything. I want to still be growing. Uh, I want to be loving life, um, and, and, and loving and, and and experiencing all of the good, the good and the not so good in life. I mean, it's like having that having a richer. I think they call it psychological richness, don't they? Having that richer life, and I, and I think that the that's the opportunity for catalysts is putting yourself out there challenging yourself means you're going to, you're going to grow and you're going to grow more from the things that don't work and the things that do work. Uh, and that is a great life to lead.
1: I, I love how you're bringing this back around to when you were talking about the two paths, right? The idea that uh, not only does it make you a better change maker, the change is what happens when you're focusing on the growth, but that's the ticket to, to the joy, to the ability to enjoy the experience and not get lost in the isolation and not get lost in those looks in the hallway of people just not getting you. Uh, so thank you. That is, uh, that is a beautiful completion of that of that circle.
0: And it, and it goes back to purpose, because I think when you have a strong sense of purpose, that is your grounding. So whatever's going on around you, you can always reconnect with that sense of purpose of what you're trying to do. And it, and it, it keeps you steady, in when even when you're it's chaotic around you.
1: Well, Shannon and I definitely resonate with that, being very purpose-led folks and getting the opportunity to, to work directly in what matters most. And that is what brings us to you, so thank you. As we wrap up today, Is there a call to action that you'd like to share with our listeners?
0: Yeah, I think one of the things I'm learning with the work that we do is is to be a compassionate friend to anyone in business who wants to go on this journey. Uh, And so the invitation is that if you're someone who is purpose-led and wants to see what that would look like in an organizational setting, then other kind, we're here to get alongside you and support you to do that. And to bring some of the tools that would help you to do it very practically and very concretely. Uh, So yeah, we can support you, whether that's, you know, kind of coaching and guiding you as you approach, putting something really into practice or or the nuts and bolts of how do we do it and how do we lead such a complex change. So if anyone wants to get hold of me, they can go on our website, otherkind.co.uk, or email me at other at otherkind.co.uk. That's it. That's a lot of dots and lots of codes. <laughs>
2: we'll put it in the show
0: notes.
1: <clears throat> yeah, we'll make sure that that we have that up there. Otherkind.co.uk. Run. Go. We're looking, Check we're, looking, it out.
0: we're looking for catalysts
1: to have a go at this work. We think catalysts are the sort of people that can do this. Sounds like we're changing the world together, Jane. Even if we're focused on our own personal growth. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, thank you very much. We're excited to continue to watch the progress of other kinds. I'm particularly excited to continue to hear how you get leaders to lean into the things that we have learned and know that we need to do. So I'm going to be paying attention. And thank you for putting purpose at the center of everything we do and cultivating ecosystems of purpose. It's, It's wonderful and I'm delighted. Thank you so much to our listening audience. If you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change, go to our website at www.catalystconstellations.com. And be
2: sure to check out our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out. If you have other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link their way. Thanks again. Thanks again.